ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the Magic Kingdom. To all who come to this happy place, welcome to Uncovering Disney Magic. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my wife, Rachel. She's a travel agent with the company Small World Big Fun, where they make big fun easy. She specializes in Disney destinations all around the world. Together, we have a combined 50-plus trips to Disney destinations. So now we invite you to sit back, relax, and let us help you uncover the magic. Welcome to episode 19 of Uncovering Disney Magic. I'm Rachel, here with my husband, Zach. Greetings from the Buckeye State. On today's episode, we are going to talk about how to handle Disney World in the heat. So, mostly the summer, but realistically, 10-ish plus months out of the year. But before we do that, I just want to give you guys a few mousekeeping updates If you did not listen to the last episode, Disney released three summer travel discounts that we talked about. So the first one is up to 25% off a room rate for vacation from May 28th to August 28th, plus a free Disney gift card with the value determined by resort and length of stay. So that's something a little bit different. We don't usually see like free money being thrown at you. So that's cool. Uh, The second one is a free quick service meal per person per night at a value or moderate resort traveling from May 28th to August 21st. So again, something a little bit different. Finally, free dining for Disney Visa card holders for most nights August 1st through August 21st. So if any of those things are something that you're in the mood to investigate, shoot me an email at rachel at smallworldbigfun.com. All right, so on to new Disney Parks news. Um, Disney Parks blog just released a video the other day of um, Inside Magic Kingdom over in Tomorrowland, the construction update on Tron. So they are finally going what they call vertical right now with the ride. Um, I noticed some of the updates today is uh, they actually have the tracks starting to be installed on that. So... That is planned to be opened uh, by the 50th anniversary, which is in 2021. Where's Tron? That's in Tomorrowland at Magic Kingdom. Perfect. I knew that. I was just saying that for people that might not have known that. Um, speaking of rides, I guess, another mode of transportation. Um, all tracks are now testing for the Skyliner. We caught the first glimpse of the test with the covers off, revealing the designs of some of the cars. So that was something a little bit different, and you can find pictures of that and a video, I think, on my YouTube. No, not my YouTube, my Facebook page. Yes, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens in Disneyland in less than two weeks from right now. Um, So if you need help getting a reservation, the only way to get a reservation into the land right now is to book um, a room directly through Disneyland at one of their three hotels. Uh, so if you need help getting a reservation for that, feel free to reach out to Rachel. She can help help you put together a package at Disneyland. Uh, opening up at Disney World, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be opening at the end of the summer. Uh, rooms are still available as well for that. There's There isn't any more details, I guess you can say, about how 
the land is going to open there yet, whether or not they're going to do the same type of reservation system that Disneyland is doing. But might not be a bad idea if you're interested in going to get something on the schedule right now. Definitely, especially as we approach the end of the year, we're already into November for our advanced dining reservations. So in addition to the Star Wars crowd, you're going to run into the uh, holiday, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday crowd. So now is actually a really good time to be thinking about if you'd like to give the gift of Disney um, for Christmas this year. Now would be a good time to kind of get that set up so that you guys can take off around Christmas time. And traveling up I-4 a little bit, we'll switch over to some universal news. Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure, a new roller coaster that will be opening up at Universal. That's opening June 13th. We will be there in July to see it for ourselves. Just a little bit of info about this ride. It has a lot of different things or I guess key points to it that um that i'd like to throw out there so it's going to be the first roller coaster in the united states to feature um seven different launches so that's the first roller coaster actually in the world that uh, will have seven different seven different launches in it and it will also be the longest roller coaster in florida measuring nearly a mile in length uh just under uh uh, just under 5100 feet so, yeah, it's definitely something I'm interested in. Uh, supposedly going to be going, I believe, up to 50 miles per hour. Uh, so it will be a thrilling coaster. Do you know what the definition of a launch is? Well, that's just like a going from... Like you stop it's, and... It's not going to have like a lift hill as most roller coasters. This, this, is, this roller coaster is going to be... I don't know what you want to call it. Propelled. I'm not a physicist. Okay, no, we, we don't know the your answer. Sister about this, but. I don't know the answer. I don't really understand what that means, so I guess we'll have to just write it and let you know. Um, also, in Universal News, they are currently offering a promotion for buy two days, get three days free for park tickets for most of the rest of this year. I know that there are some blackout dates to this promotion, but this is a really big deal. So make sure that if you want to go to Universal this year, you're taking advantage of that promotion. Um, because buy two, get three free is almost always a good deal. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Uh, Last but not least, we asked about this at the end of the podcast last week, and I guess maybe people probably shut us off by now. Um, So please, if you like what you hear, give us a rating and a review on the platform of your choice. Um, In doing so, you're boosting our podcast to give new people the opportunity to hear us and take advantage of all of the information and discussion that we share with you. So thank you very much for doing that. Um, Just hit the like button and the subscribe button and the stars button and tell us we're great. All right. So (laughs) we are going to get into the main portion of our podcast this week and we will be talking about how to handle handle summer in walt disney world Um, just looking at the weather down there right now for this week it is supposed to be above 90 every day for the next at least seven days so we will be talking to you right now about how we handle summer and maybe how you can uh, handle some some of the heat at disney world so i would say our first piece of unsolicited advice is to manage your expectations Uh, it really is hot and humid all the time when you're there in the summer months 
So understand that you will start the day sweating profusely and will be sticky pretty much as soon as you step out of the hotel. Um, I'm sure there are some outliers to that fact or to that statistic, but for most people, you just kind of have to acknowledge the fact that it's going to be hot, which I know my dad really struggles with that. <laughs> right. So I guess another thing is to dress in what we're going to call athletic apparel. So breathing clothing, if you want to call it that way. Breathable. Breathable clothing. Yeah, breathing co- clothing. Breathing, it's breathing. Breathing living clothes. So if you're planning on matching shirts and outfits, try to stay away from the darker colors as well. Uh, probably wouldn't suggest wearing jeans to the park either. Um, anything sweat wicking is a positive I saw something on Facebook. Somebody posted a question that said that they read somewhere that girls can't wear tank tops. And that's 100% not true. I wear them even when we go in the, we'll call them non-summer months. Um, But I don't know. I think, I mean, you have to wear a shirt. Boy, Boy or girl, man or woman, you have to wear a shirt. But they really don't, they're not super sticklers on dress code so as long as you're covered they don't really care um the next thing that we'd like to suggest and this one's pretty obvious is to drink more water than you think you need to so a couple ways that you can do that and not spend all of your money on bottled water uh when you go to quick service restaurants you can get free cups of ice water if you just walk up to the counter and ask for cups of ice water there are also several kiosks to purchase bottled water but it's $3.50 a bottle, so if that's not really your thing, okay, but it's an option uh, to you. But what we usually do if we're staying for a week or so is we'll purchase a 24-pack of water either at a gas station if you have a car, you want to take an Uber, or um, Garden Grocers or Amazon will deliver it to the hotel. And if you're in a room with a freezer, so like the, a, the, the villas, villas um, you can freeze some of the bottles and put them in your bag so that they thaw for later in the day. So that's a good way to keep your water that you paid $3 for 24 of them cold instead of um, paying for that much in the parks. But you can also bring refillable water bottles and fill them up at drinking fountains. I personally am a water snob and I cannot stand the way that Disney water tastes. Like I swear they... I swear they put dirt in it so that you buy the water bottles. But Zach doesn't notice. I don't like it at all. So give it a shot and figure it out for yourselves, I suppose. (laughs) All right. So be strategic about what hours you're visiting the parks. So, of course, it's a little cooler during the morning hours. And then it's definitely cooler during the night hours. So this is a good opportunity to take advantage of extra magic hours, whether they're in the morning or the night. The earlier and later, the cooler, as I just said, and then um, also would be a good idea to do this is to visit the parks in the morning and then go back to your resort and hang out at the pool or take a nap and then go back out after dinner time. Yeah, this is a really, really strong benefit of staying on property. It's a lot easier to get back and forth to your resort when you've decided that you've had enough. So even if it's not a scheduled break, And you guys are like, you know what, we've been at this for a couple hours and we need to just go back and hang out for a little bit. Um, That's a really convenient way to go about it. You don't have to get all the way back to your car, drive all the way back to your 
either condo or off-property hotel, wherever, and then decide that, hey, you know, we're going to spend another hour to venture back out to the parks. Right. And you can also consider in the planning phase of your vacation is to add the Park Hopper Plus option to your ticket. So the Park Hopper Plus option will give you the ability to visit both Disney water parks, uh, Blizzard Beach, and Typhoon Lagoon. Uh, So if Rachel would like to talk about one, I'll talk about the other. Yeah, so uh, we have been to both. Now, I will say that you don't have to have the park hopper to go to the parks. Right. You can purchase like a separate, hey, I'm showing up at the water park and just want to have a one-day admission. But if you're thinking that that's something that you'd like to take advantage of, it is cheaper to plan ahead and purchase the park hopper plus option so usually tickets are i think like 65 they start at 65 dollars right because it depends on if you're going on a holiday or anything like that or weekend yeah they have premiere days right so i mean it it's like another 20 bucks to add it to your park hopper which well depending on the time of year it's like 20 bucks so if you know that you're going to go even for a day and you're going to use it you might as well like it's a good use of money. So um, I'll talk about Blizzard Beach. So basically the premise of Blizzard Beach is that a blizzard came to Florida and then it got to Florida and everything melted. So what you're seeing are the remnants of a snowstorm. So people were out skiing. um, So there's a ski lift. There's a lot of um, snowboards and snow caps that are all around. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You can have um, you could do face painting and hair wraps. I don't know why you would get your face painted at the water park, but <laughs> right. some people do it, I'm sure. Um, but they also have a lot of really good quick service restaurants. Um, one thing that is cool about both of the, the water parks is you pay for a code to your locker. Right. So you don't have to worry about carrying all your stuff around or losing a key or something like that. Like it's a really kind of like magic bands just not as updated i guess makes it a lot easier to uh not have to worry about all your stuff right and so moving on to typhoon lagoon which is over by disney springs um it it is themed after i guess you can say well actually the name's in it it's a typhoon that wreaked havoc upon a uh tropical paradise so the main Uh, I guess main view of that is there's a boat um, that is stuck on top of the mountain right in the middle, which is Mount Mayday. Um, But the highlight of this theme park is the giant um, wave pool. So the wave pool at at Typhoon Lagoon is one of the biggest in the world. And yeah, so that's about it. It doesn't have really the The really big, yeah, the really big water slides that Blizzard Beach has. Um, But I really like the um, oh, what is it called? The Lazy River. Lazy River. Yeah, wow. Taking words right out of my mouth. Got stuck there. But yeah, I really like the Lazy River that's at Typhoon Lagoon. I personally, if I had to make a recommendation for either water park, I would suggest Blizzard Beach. Um, having been to both, Blizzard Beach is newer, so I guess automatically that qualifies it as a little bit better and more advanced i think i just think they have more stuff to do even for for families you have the big water slides but they also have a bunch of kids areas that's true that you can do stuff i on. guess so the other really thing is, i liked about it maybe that's the thing it's just bigger and it was a little bit more, more spread out yeah. and yeah. both i should note that both um water parks have 
um, hoses that spray the sidewalk so that when you're walking around barefoot, you're not going to burn yourself on the uh, sidewalk. So that's something that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I would recommend Blizzard Beach over Typhoon Lagoon just because I think there are more things to do. And quite frankly, the when we went to uh, Blizzard Beach, we had lunch there. And yep. I, I felt like the quick service food was better. Like, it, it just, mm-hmm. was, there were more options. You could get a sandwich or a, I think I got a wrap versus you just have a hot dog and a funnel cake and whatever. So there's a little bit more variety and actual substance. Right. All right. So another thing to consider when you're trying to beat the heat inside the parks is to alternate between indoor and outdoor rides and activities, shows, stuff like that. So I guess a good example of that would be at Magic Kingdom to go from the Pirates of the Caribbean to Big Thunder Mountain and back to Haunted Mansion with the Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion being indoor rides and Big Thunder Mountain being an outdoor roller coaster. That way you are not just blasting yourself in the heat nonstop for hours at a time. Uh, You get a good, good mix of being inside and outside. It is difficult to do that at Animal Kingdom just because Animal Kingdom is the hottest park of vegetation. It's probably the most spread out, too, as well, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, So going from ride to ride, there's really no rides that are close to each other um, when it comes to indoor and outdoor things. I don't really think you said what you meant to say. Animal Kingdom has the most vegetation, so it has the most plants and all that stuff. So that... That makes it a little bit more sticky. Right. I think you just said it funny. Oh, you like okay. skipped a couple words. So to clarify, that's what he means. Um, however, when you are waiting for most of the rides throughout all of the theme parks, you actually wait for more rides inside than outside. So you can be strategic about some of the rides that you have to wait outside for. So if you're in Magic Kingdom, a couple of examples. Um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Big Thunder Mountain, and Tomorrowland Speedway all have wait lines outside. They are covered, but they're just sticky. So it doesn't really, I don't know, it it doesn't necessarily help your cause. Um, In Hollywood Studios, all of Toy Story Land is completely not hot weather friendly. Right. Good luck trying to avoid this. Yeah, it's... I like Toy Toy Story Land. I do not like that they did not do a good job of keeping people protected from the sun. So when you go wait in line for Slinky Dog Dash, you are standing under... I mean, it's like every probably 20 feet they have like sun umbrellas that are like guest services umbrellas where the person that's standing out there for 10 hours gets to stand under one of those umbrellas. And I guess I just don't feel like they really planned ahead for that. Um, same with Toy Story Mania and um, the Astro... Alien Swirling Saucers. Thank you. Alien Swirling Saucers. Um, so, yeah, Toy Story Land is cool, but not heat-friendly at all. So, definitely be careful when you're going back there. Oh, and the Andy's Lunchbox. Um, right. is It's, like, totally uncovered. They have two tables, it seems like, that have umbrella covers. Um, so, if you're not lucky enough to get one of those tables when somebody gets up you definitely struggle um to even just sit and be cool which sucks because i hate eating when i'm hot so um i guess in the same park tower of terror and indiana jones 
Tower of Terror, at least you get to go inside for the ride, but Indiana Jones is just a covered show, so you'll be outside for all of that. Um, in Epcot, Spaceship Earth, you have to wait outside. The ball creates a fantastic wind tunnel just in the way that it's sitting, but if you're stuck in direct sunlight, you're just kind of standing there like it's not covered by anything. And then finally, like Zach mentioned, Animal Kingdom is definitely the most difficult park to stay cool in. Um, the Safari, Mount or Expedition Everest, and Flight of Passage all have outside wait lines for a little while. And the Safari, you're outside the whole time, and I, I guess you don't really get as much wind as you think you would. Well, you don't. You really don't go that fast, and especially there's some areas where you have to drive slow because the animals are walking around let so. me tell you though i feel the same way about the train around magic kingdom like yeah. i always feel like people are oh that's a really good place to like cool off for real and it's like not really it's a good place to sit down but i don't ever feel like i'm getting wind in my hair kind of thing so right. just a little fact on, on my side opinion right and while we're getting close to wrapping this up you really should just go in with the mindset that you need to take breaks often. Um, don't be trying to overdo it. Um, try to mix in a show or get something cold to drink every once in a while. might not even be a bad idea to set a reminder on your phone to go get something to drink at some point during the day. Just a lot of people really don't think about staying hydrated um, throughout the day, especially whenever you're trying to do lots of things. So if, sit in the shade, find a park bench. And as we mentioned earlier, go back to your hotel, relax, take a nap, jump in the pool. Um, you don't have to go, 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 go uh, the you whole shouldn't, time there. Because then you'll get like three days right. in and then you're just toast. So wouldn't recommend that um, at all, really. So um, I guess something that people always express concern about is when you look at the weather app in the summertime for Orlando, Florida, you'll panic because you will see that the forecast says chance of thunderstorm every single day. Um, it is true. It probably will rain every single day, but there are some ways to like counterbalance that. Um, we did make a whole podcast on it. Right. If you're, but the, the cliff notes on it, um, bring some good shoes. Um, it doesn't hurt to have an extra pair of socks in case you totally get waterlogged. Um, it, there probably will be an afternoon shower or a thunder shower, but it's annoying for like 15 minutes. So try to time it that you're jumping on a ride, an indoor ride or a show or something, um, right before it starts to rain. And then when you come out, you can either wait it out in the exit area or tough it out if you're in the mood to do so. Um, I personally bring a Ziploc bags for all of my technology and things that I don't want to get wet. So my autograph book and my cell phone and... You know, sometimes Zach will throw his, his um, Apple Watch in there. It all just depends on how hard it really is raining. Um, if you're going to, if there's a debate between a poncho versus an umbrella, I always have both. But when it's hot and humid, I really don't want to wear my poncho. So it just kind of depends. Like if it's raining sideways and my umbrella isn't going to be beneficial, then maybe I suck it up and deal and put on my poncho. But I really try to not do that in, in weather like that. Um, and finally, our probably best life tip for you. Yeah, not many people think of this one. This is, I don't know why I know this, but maybe it, my we, sister? No, we did it. So one of the cast members at 
one of the hotels told us about this because we came walking in whenever we were just dripping wet. I feel like I knew it before, though. I can't remember. Um, But if you grab a bunch of brown napkins from a quick service location, and I mean, like, an obnoxious, obscene amount, because what you want to do is just cram as many of them into your shoes as you can and leave it in overnight. And then when you pull all of the napkins out, all of the moisture is in the napkins and your shoes are dry. It's crazy. Right. So if you learn nothing else from this podcast, take that away. Um, Another thing that I just wanted to say, um, some people have issues going from super hot and sweaty to freezing cold air conditioning. And one of the things that I love most about Disney is that they do pump their air conditioning. So if you or someone in your travel party is worried about sitting down to dinner or going into a show that you might start to be like cold sweat or something like that, um, it's not the worst thing to throw a long sleeve shirt in your bag as like an inside cover up that you can just put on like when you guys sit down to eat or whatever. Right. And it's it's also important to note um, that that heat always isn't the leading cause of, I don't know leading cause. It's not the issue. It's, it's not the main issue. It, it's really the humidity. So 91 in Ohio is completely different than 91 in Florida. Um, just because that um, we have 65% humidity, Florida might have 95 or 100% humidity, and that's what's really gets. I don't know what. How do you want to call it? That that's what that really gets to your, be the problem, right? So that's really what gross. gets to you. I mean, <laughs> you're it really just does. gross all the time. Um, so two last things. Um, usually, when it's hot, it's also very sunny. Um, so I always tell people that it's important to get a quality sunscreen. Um, more importantly, make sure that you bring it. Right. I was, ju- <laughs> I was just going to say, if you didn't say bring it, make sure you bring it like, with you. Like, if, you, if you're going to check a bag or if you're driving or something like that, make sure that you bring your own sunscreen. Because one time, I we didn't check bags, and it was summertime. And I'm like, oh, not a big deal. I'll buy it when I get down there. And it was seriously like... It's double the cost. $25. Like, I don't want to be dramatic, but I really think it was like $30 to buy what I could buy at the store for like 12 bucks. And I was like, oh, forget that. I'm not going to buy any sunscreen. I came home just an absurd, like Mickey Mouse red. Like, just his pants were my arms. So that was gross. Um, It was very painful. And just I should have paid the $32 for the sunscreen, but I didn't. So make sure that you have quality sunscreen. Make sure you have enough. And if you can, bring it with you. Uh, It's also really important to note that if you guys do start to feel like you're having a problem due to heat, that there are first aid stations in each of the parks. So make sure that you listen to your body. Make sure that you listen to everyone in your group. And if someone's starting to not feel well or if someone's starting to get crabby because they're hot, I'm guilty of that as well, um, make sure that you can still enjoy your vacation by paying attention to the cues and adjusting your schedule or your plan accordingly. Right. So we will wrap this this, uh, podcast up. Since we have a little bit extra time, we will talk a little bit about what our, I guess, go-to or favorite thing to do on a hot day inside the park and then also outside of the park. So Rachel will start us off with what her favorite or go-to thing on a hot day inside the park would be. So when I am hot and tired, my favorite thing to do is go to Magic Kingdom 
and go into Carousel of Progress and take a nap. <laughs> I'm serious. It's a 20-minute show, and you're in a rotating feeder. And I, for whatever reason, I can just, the seats are wide enough, and it's not ever crowded enough that you can't kind of like slump down in your seat and just take a, a quick power nap. I was just going to say, I think you always fall asleep before we even get to the first scene. Perhaps. There's a really good chance of that. I might. So mine is a little off the wall here, and I'm going to go go out and say the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. What? So this is Who why. Are this you? is why. So normally whenever we go around all of the countries, we always seem to go right to, uh, left. Right to left. So that's starting in Canada and finishing in Mexico. And by the time we get to Mexico... We're just, if and it's in the summer, we're just exhausted. And I feel like by the time we get to Mexico, that air conditioning is just pumping outside of the, outside of the pavilion. And, and you really feel it. So as soon as you walk inside there, I feel like that is the best place to cool off at. I mean, they have the ride inside there with the three caballeros, the, the little boat ride. But I believe that is my best way to cool off. Inside of the parks, I don't know that I would have guessed that. That's why I said I'm I going out like there on a limb. Dole Whip or yep, something. I think that is the best way to cool off inside the park. So, outside of the park, I will get a little bit more specific and not say just go into the pool, but I'll say go into the pool at Wilderness Lodge. Ha! I um, know where this is going. Yes, so I believe Wilderness actually has a lot of shaded areas around the pool as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easier to find a seat that you're not just getting roasted in the sun after you get out of the pool. But also you can go to Geyser Point Bar and Grill, which is uh, their brand new, well, I guess it's still brand new, um, uh, bar that's right on Bay Lake. And while sitting at the bar, you get a nice breeze that comes off of Bay Lake. So I really enjoy being able to sit out there on a hot day. Yeah, so mine is a little bit less specific, I guess. Um, I, I don't... I don't usually pool much. Um, if I do pool, it's because Zach has forced me into the pool. So my favorite thing to do is go in the pool for like 10 or 15 minutes and then go find one of those shaded spots that Zach was talking about and take a nap outside because I kind of dry off a little bit. And then um, like my body temperature is a lot cooler. So if I do get any sun at all, it feels a lot better than just basting, roasting, whatever the word is, in the sun. I do believe with all of that information, that concludes episode 19 of Uncovering Disney Magic. That's all I got. All right. So next episode is episode 20. And I'm really actually very excited for this one already, even though we have two weeks to think about it and record it and then present it to you because we are going to do a a game of would you rather. So we're going to come up with questions to ask each other about would you rather do this or this inside the disney parks and i guess it doesn't have to be limited to disney world we could do disneyland too since we've been to both so all of that being said um i hope you enjoyed all of this information and i hope that you're able to use it as we move into the summer months um anything else all right talk to you guys soon bye For more information about booking your vacation, 
please send me an email at rachel at smallworldbigfun.com or sending me a message on my Facebook page, Rachel Tilvis, Small World Big Fun. Have a magical day!